Welcome to the Post Show Podcast. I'm Jamar Nelson. And I'm Patwin Lawrence. This is Black Republican. I'm back. Democrat on a beautiful Saturday. Well, well it, it was. used to be. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 82 was nice, degrees, yeah. and then all of a sudden the storm started. The, the storm came. Yeah. 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 So we had a great show, and I apologize to the listeners today for being so tardy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, I apologize to both our guests. And so let's continue our conversation that we were having with Dr. Jermaine Tony, uh, an economist. And actually, Pat was telling me from the hood. So I'm uh, <laughs> from North Minneapolis. From North Minneapolis. So I'm excited to know that you are. Uh, you know, seriously, an economist from the hood, and you're in a very articulate breath, so I appreciate you uh, coming on today. Be on the show, yeah. No, my, our pleasure, our pleasure. Yeah. So, uh, again, Dr. what we were saying, like, some of the solutions, because, again, I think, again, we're always told that if we pick ourselves up by our bootstraps that, mm-hmm. you know, we can attain the type of wealth that our white and other counterparts uh, have now. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's, you know, not always and, and and half the time the truth when you think about the education gap and those different type of gaps that we face. So, again, what are some of the solutions? What are some of the suggestions that you hope that we could do going forward? Yeah, well, we talked about uh, the substantial trust fund for every asset portion. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's more universal, just uh, uh, something that will address wealth inequality but then will um, disproportionately benefit black Americans. There's also something specific, uh, and that's uh, some major public policy intervention to build black wealth. And this could take the form of uh, direct race-specific initiatives like reparations that are uh, programs tied to the compensation for the legacy of uh oh, he said the R word. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, well, that's we've talked about it on here. Yeah, we we have. Yeah. Uh, so, and there is there is precedence in the U.S. for reparations. Um, so, one example comes from a philanthropic organization. So, in the 30s, the family members of James J. Hill, people, your audience may uh, recognize that name. Yeah, from St. Paul. That's right. Yeah. He's the former chairman of the Great Northern Railroad. Yep. So they used the family used the profits of the railroad enterprise to create an institution called Northwest Area Foundation. Mm-hmm. Now this foundation is created to promote the well-being of eight states where the tracks where the Great Northern Railway ran. Okay. But historically, Hill works with other owners of the railroads to press the U.S. government to enact laws in 1887 to snatch control of land from Ojibwe in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The land falls in the hands of homesteaders and industrialists, predominantly from white communities. Mm-hmm. In 2002, the Northwest Area Foundation provides investment around $20 million for Indian land recovery. Mm. So this is an institutional practice that helped restore some 90 millions of, of acres of land back under control of, of American Indian tribes oh, wow. for the benefit of their membership. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's examples of uh, reparations mm-hmm. in, in, in our history, and, and, and also with um, Japanese Americans. Yeah. Uh, during, during, and also Jews, America. too. Like Obama signed reparations for uh, Jews during his administration. I was also about to ask about... Uh, how familiar you are, Doctor, with uh, UBI? So I think that's the same. Uh, we it's United, ba- you know, e- e- uh, Universal Basic Income, uh, and actually uh, one of the couple of uh, one of the brainchilds from Facebook is it, is behind it. And so 
I think that uh, when you look at Alaska, they do some yes. form of it. With you the know, oil. With the oil. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. They some of the oil revenue. We do some yeah. form of it here with some of the uh, the uh, casinos here in but Minnesota. That's one of the things about the Bushes that I don't like is, you know, with these illegal wars that the country has gotten into. But what if they said, okay, well, we're going over there. We're, you know, empire building. If we actually got some of those resources, though, you know, nationally, like what the old British Empire did, you know, where they went, they conquered most of the world. The sun never set. But they actually brought resources home that improved the quality of lives for, you know, people in Britain, you know. And so maybe that could have been something, you know, and I'm not justifying, you know, <laughs> military aggression and, and, and empire. But, I mean, there could have been other ways that they could have, you know, gone about it, um, you know, just in terms of a national sense. Uh, but on this reparations thing, uh, can you speak to what's going on with it? Because you mentioned the Native Americans. And I know Dr. Claude Anderson, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but, you know, Mr. Uh, Powernomics, the man with the plan, um, you know, he's been working with this lawsuit um, and also, um, he has a bill, I believe, you know, in, in Congress. Uh, uh, Senate, uh, Representative John Conyers, while he was in the uh, there, had um, uh, was actually carrying that that bill. But could you talk a little bit about if you are aware of, you know, kind of that link between the freedmen and the Native Americans? Is utilizing that as a way for resources um, to um, uh, people who are descendants of enslaved Africans? Mm. I'm I'm not uh, sure, the, but uh, it has something to do with the treaty. The treaty back I think is 1866 with the Native American um, tribes. There's something where it, the resources were to go to the freedmen as well, um, and so that's being utilized actually to talk about uh, you know reparations for the larger um, you know African American community. Okay, but so um, but I know calls for reparations. <laughs> Uh, for African Americans, they extend yeah. from 1854 to late mm-hmm. 20th century. Uh, late 20th century, you had Sojourner Truth, yeah. Frederick Douglass, Marcus yeah. Garvey, the Black mm-hmm. Panthers, Black economists, and the. Uh, but also the white Republicans too. Uh, who? Back, well, the white Republicans during the Radical Republicans, they're the ones who talked about the 40 acres and the mule. We must have missed that. Then. No, 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 no. I the did. 40 acres and the mule. I did. I think I missed it. <laughs> well, if you were alive back then, okay. Yeah. You look uh, yeah. pretty good for your age. That, thank you. It must have been when Methuselah <laughs> was around. No kidding. No, I, I, but, but I think politically, what, well, what do you think, um, what do you think politically can be done to improve the wealth of, of black folks? Well, Could be or should be done. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a start of a conversation. It's mm. about uh, debunking the myths. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then once we can puncture those myths, we can actually focus on uh, real solutions. So this is here right mm. now uh, mm. with the report dropping and mm-hmm. having this discussion. This is part of the, the start of the conversation. Okay. Very good. Because also, you know, when you talked about the Homestead Act, you know, that's actually so. And this is the thing. I've said this a number of times on the show about my criticism of the uh, conservatives um, where, you know, I agree with a lot of what they say. But the thing that uh, it it seems to me where they're saying, you know, this bootstrapism and that we need to do it ourselves. And, you know, that's all fine and good, especially as an individual. But. When America was all about bootstrapping and and building it yourself and you could, you know, there was no rules or regulations and you could amass, you know, a lot of wealth and fortunes like, you know, back in the Gilded Age, for instance, African-Americans could not participate. We were denied participation. But now that we, you know, quote unquote, have more freedom and but there's more restrictions now and we can't build wealth like you could do back 
you know, a uh, number of years ago. And we actually have an author coming on next month who, uh, the author of Black Fortunes, who's going to be talking about some of the blacks who've made, you know, large million dollar fortunes. But those days are over, I think. And uh, and we can't, we cannot allow, uh, yeah, there are those who get black fortunes. There's also those who've had wealth uh, uh, stripped away, like mm. uh, black, black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my goodness, and, yes. And, yeah. and so uh, these, the, the folks with the black fortunes mm-hmm. are very, very small. Yes. Um, you know. Uh, An aberration, really. Uh, Exactly. So they're they're not just because you have, um, you know, NBA players be, uh, becoming millionaires, mm-hmm. uh, Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's becoming. This 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 can mask uh, yeah. the the larger issue of just uh, massive mm-hmm. uh, uh, asset poverty. And that's what I've and, discovered. Uh, I, I've discovered that too because just looking at. When you look at your own, you know, family history, like I'm an amateur genealogist, and you look at where, you know, as seven out of my eight great-grandparents came from families that had land, that owned land, especially right after the Civil War. Some came out of, like, the ones, some were free and had property and all of that, but then others, they were artisans or uh, plantation drivers, and so they had money during that time because— uh, enslaved people could hire their time out. So you worked, you know, <clears throat> Monday through Saturday, but then on Sundays, you know, those were the days off for enslaved people. And a lot of people hired out their time that could do that, especially if they were artisans, and they were able to accumulate some money. So what I start noticing right after the Civil War, for about 10 years afterwards, they were buying land and receiving land. Um, and then in some cases, um, families were getting it because they had a relationship um, with a former owner, whether they were descendants of that family or, you know, some type of connection. But a lot of times we accumulated wealth because of connections we had with whites, not because of things we did ourselves. And I think that gets lost, too, that it's not things that we did back then. It was because of whites choosing us and saying, or, you know, or choosing that person, giving them an education or giving them resources to where they were able to advance why the vast majority of people were not. And right, so uh, and now we're in a situation where uh, you do have this this hardworking um, uh, this this emphasis on hard work. You mm-hmm. have educational attainment, but still um, uh, this hard work and this educational attainment is not helping to to close the mm-hmm. the, the wealth gap. And so, uh, mm-hmm. so what uh, I think. We can be clear that uh, what will not work mm-hmm. is uh, um, just uh, focusing on changing the individual behavior of blacks mm-hmm. and take on more personal responsibility mm-hmm. or acquire and uh, portfolio management insights associated with uh, financial mm-hmm. literacy. Mm-hmm. If the structural sources of inequality remain unchanged, mm-hmm. the uh, the just um, low mm-hmm. level low levels of wealth across uh, generations, mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh, inequality in lending, mm-hmm. access to uh, credit, and mm-hmm. then um, uh, just uh, incredible, incredible levels of uh, of inequality. So, what should we be telling legislators? Because I'm finding when we look at this report, uh, a lot of the things, like I said earlier, uh, you know, just doesn't work. What should we be telling policy people now? What should we be asking people who are running for office? What are that we have about four minutes left? What What should we be, you know? 
asking for from, uh, you know, those individuals, especially those running for office that can, you know, enact laws? That's right. So, uh, I mean, we there there is, in, in this report, I, I see, uh, you know, it's trying to debunk myths, but I also see a lot of, uh, a lot of hope, and that is um, if we can focus on, Building up and protecting the wealth of Black America. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this is uh, this is a principle. You have the uh, and these uh, you know uh, there is these there's solutions out there. I mean, mm-hmm. you just talked about the universal uh, uh, UBI. Mm-hmm. UBI. Mm-hmm. We talked about the uh, trust fund for the asset poor. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, a little bit about uh, uh, reparations, mm-hmm. but the call for reparations has not been heeded for uh, mm-hmm. for, for African Americans. Yep. But if such such a program were to come in, into play, mm-hmm. uh, this could take a multiple different different shapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just give the money to uh, the descendants of slaves, and uh, you know, no strings attached. Mm-hmm. You could create a trust uh, trust reserved. Mm-hmm. People could access it to purchase uh, educational attainment or start a business. Mm-hmm. You can have some sort of voucher program for okay. allowing people to uh, acquire different asset types. Okay. Or it can be some sort of in-kind uh, program uh, okay. that's just like schools. Schools will educate mm-hmm. uh, African Americans mm-hmm. or something like that. But so um, so there are and, and economists uh, have been have been studying this, looking at the. Uh, okay. So is there enough money out there? Like, do we need to take money? Like, that's what I hear in a lot of these discussions where people want to take money from the rich. They want to, you know, you've seen these pictures of like equity where they're like at a baseball game and there's three people. And then the guy at the end is on two boxes and then the short person is no box. But, you know, in the next scene, it's, you know, one of the boxes is taken from the the, the tallest person and given to the shortest. Uh, Does that have to happen or is there enough money out there? to to do this where you don't have to take it from others right right so well um the, i think the so here's the the price tag uh the bill owed for enslaving black people is estimated to be around five to ten uh trillion and, wow uh, according to uh some black economists mm-hmm. the damages to the collective well-being of black people have been enormous and mm-hmm. correspondingly so is the appropriate bill so uh, it's uh, you know this is uh, this is the, okay. the price tag. Uh, now the the issue of um, calls have been you know mm-hmm. uh, there's 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 already po- there's already uh, federal solutions around uh, okay. uh, par- uh, wealth access, uh, being able to um, move things around or reprioritize or okay. create new things that uh, can help address uh, the wealth inequality, I think, uh, we'll, man. We'll, we'll go a long way. All right. Dr. Tony, I want to thank you. We want yes, to, Pat thank and I want you. to thank you, man. You're absolutely. a brilliant dude, and want to make sure you're absolutely... Uh, you, you're going to come back on for us, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. Just, oh, wait a minute. Uh, don't be hesitating <laughs> like that. <laughs> come on now. Don't be hesitating. No, you got a, we we had a, we got a brother economist. I need you on to back up when I, when I hit these Republicans over the head with these <laughs> whack wow. numbers that they're always presenting. Barb, Pat, when it's been, it's, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for coming Tony. on. Thanks. Have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you download today's episode of the post show. I'm Jamar Nelson. And I'm Pat Lawrence. Join us. Bye. Peace out. Moses.